astrological drama, this beautiful sky dance. It's like everything serves everything else. It's all interconnected. And so it's like we break down these transits into like bite-sized chunks so that we can connect with them, but it's all happening, all of it together. And so it's this constant like zooming out and seeing the whole scene and then zooming back in to this present moment. And it's like, which of these planets am I feeling is really lighting up my chart? Where am I feeling activated or being drawn to connect more with? And then we just kind of bounce around through the year. You're listening to the Well Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's menstrual cycle educator, natural fertility coach, and daytime mermaid. This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility, and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers, and guide you back into your cyclical nature. This is episode 199 of the Well Woman Podcast. This is the first episode of 2023. Happy New Year. I love the start of a new year. It's like a fresh start, even though we can have a fresh start anytime. This is a beautiful time to listen to an episode about the astrological dates that are occurring in 2023. Yes, that is the topic in this episode. And in this episode, I am joined by Nura Rochelle. Nura is an amazing astrologer who is a frequent flyer here on the Well Women podcast. She's already been a guest on two other episodes. So if you want to go check those out, I encourage you to back in episode 106 she guided us through tracking your menstrual cycle using astrology that was the juiciest episode that kicked off our relationship together then she came back and visited us for episode 156 where we talked about venus feminine astrology and how that links in with your menstrual cycle and today we are talking about astrological dates for 2023 now the reason why Nura is this go-to person for me is she is a professional astrologer who draws from many different knowledge branches including evolutionary, stoic, and traditional Western astrology for deepening self-awareness. She integrates herbalism, movement practices, and intuitive skill building in her counseling and educational work. Embodiment of purpose and everyday soul realization is at the core of Nura's offerings, and her focus is on simplicity of daily rituals, grounding cosmic wisdom in clarity of action. Now, before we get into this episode, pause this, go and get a pen, a pad, get the notes on your phone ready because we are going through the core important dates of the astrological changes for 2023 and you're gonna want to write these down there's big things to focus on and this year is all about transition so make sure that you're keeping your eye out for dates like may 7th may the 15th july 17th march 23rd june 11th and so much more not to mention at the end of this episode neuro guides us in how we can get started in connecting with astrology and the best ways to do that. So happy new year. Enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it with Nura. She's an absolute beautiful goddess and I can't wait for you to wrap your ears around it. Nura, welcome back to the show. Hello, Gemma. I'm so happy to be here. I am very blessed that you're here. We literally, this was an idea of mine two days ago and here we are recording right now. And that's, you know, how much I love you. So thank you so much being here. We are talking about some really, really juicy stuff for what's coming in 2023. And this is actually our first episode of the year of 2023. Um, Nura's just learning about this right now as I'm saying it. (laughs) And um before we jump into all things astrology and what can we expect from this year, tell us what day of your cycle are you on and how are you checking in? 
I am on day 21 out of 36 day cycle. So I'm right in the middle. I'm feeling pretty great, just overcoming an illness. So reborn, renewed, and ready to recreate. Let's go. Let's get this new year going. Mm-hmm. It's like you are completely cleansed and all this shit is gone and you're ready for the fresh start. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I felt like I died <laughs> and was literally reborn. And yeah, I, I'm just amazed at all that our bodies can process for us and just what a wild ride this is. Life, right? I sometimes I refer to it as, oh, adulting. You know, <laughs> it's just the life of adulting. And I think sometimes, that could be a good segue actually, sometimes when we think of adulting, no one even thinks of astrology. And when we think of astrology, we just think of like, oh, what star sign are you? And, you know, oh, I'm a Libra. And so therefore, you know, I'm always like acting like a Libra, but there's so much more to astrology and you are my go-to astrologist. So thank you for coming back to the show again for the third time. And if you didn't know, Nira is actually a teacher um, and one of our guest teachers inside Cyclical School on astrology for the cycle. So Nira, what would you like to share with us about 2023 and what astrologic, is that even a word, astrologic <laughs> occurrences are happening this year? Like give us the rundown on everything we should know about when we need to hibernate, when we need to be out there in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm really looking at 2023 as a year of transition. It almost feels to me like we've been in a little bit of a holding pattern collectively and all of us kind of with this like suspended, like, okay, there's something different that I want to build or create. And we've been doing it. And I've been seeing so many people create so many amazing things, but almost collectively we've been on pause in a way. So in 2023, it feels a lot like rebirth energy and it does correspond with a few different astrological factors that make sense so earlier or sorry later in the year in 2022 we had venus going through her underworld cycle from mid-september through to december 1st and that was really a big death and rebirth time so then we started re-ascending through venus's cycle in december and then so starting the year 2023 we're already in still in that ascension journey and when we're in this Venus ascension journey, we tend to feel like our creativity is returning to us, like we feel more power around our creative process, like we're not just floating around, like, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know what I'm creating, but we feel a lot more purposeful and intentional about things, and we also feel like the the forces around us are conspiring to support us. So that's a really important factor. Another element is then uh, mid-summer. So in August, we're going to have Venus shifting overtones. So long story short, because there's a lot of um, different, you know, astrological jargon that we could get into there, but I want to keep it simple. Essentially, every 19 months, Venus will shift overtone rulerships, essentially, or she'll kind of um, take on a different mantle of a different sign. So throughout 2022 and 
about halfway into 2023, we're working with the Capricorn metagoddess. So this has been a lot of energy around um, breaking down old systems, understanding. So say if you have a business, what are your business systems? Or if you're running a household or just understanding your day-to-day -day life, what are the systems that serve you? Where are you maybe taking on too much of um, responsibility for other people? Where's your life a burden? Where is it not joyful? Um, kind of coming into a deeper wisdom of we can be responsible and present without taking on too much. So it's a lot of this, you know, what is like the work-life balance? Um, do we need to delegate? Do we need to hire people, et cetera? So then we're going to be shifting from that Capricorn Venus energy into the Leo energy. And that will be for the following 19 months. So that's going to be in the middle of the year when uh, Venus is retrograde. And so that whole time period, we're looking at about um, when does Venus station retrograde? That's going to be, okay, so June, Venus is going to enter Leo, um, and then she's going to be retrograding in that season. And then so June, July, August, this is going to be a, a kind of like an alchemical in-between time while she's like changing clothes she's changing from the the capricorn metagoddess into the leo metagoddess she's redecorating and, her house to represent yeah, leo <laughs> exactly yeah like it'll be a lot more about our boldness our sovereignty thinking of leo as a fire sign um showing up maybe with more visibility in how you're creating and really um creating authentically so that'll be, I think, really supportive, especially for the people who have maybe taken a pause themselves or had to um, just like allow what their creative projects are to go through a rebirth process. It'll be this like exciting celebration time. Like here I am again, I'm coming back out into the world. I'm here to play. I'm here to dream big. I'm here to be seen. So I am personally very excited about that one. It sounds very fun. And I just want to, something that <laughs> highlighted to me when you were talking about like the elements of Capricorn is that that is really what it was like at that tail end of the pandemic, you know, mm -hmm. that sorting out, okay, well, what is my life balance like now? Because I'm working from home and I actually don't get to see my friends as much and I haven't been traveling as much as I would like to. So that whole reevaluation that so many of us had during the pandemic and it's crazy to think, and I've I only said this to a friend a little while ago, when this episode comes out, it'll be still only 11 months since we came out of, you know, our shutdown borders here in Australia. 11 months, that's not a long time. And so if you think of the 19 months, like that's a really big re-evaluation and exploring that entire balance in our lifestyle. So that's what stood out to me when you said the Capricorn. I said, man, I am so ready for Leo. I am ready <laughs> for it to come. So I'm hanging for that June, July, August time. Oh, totally. Yeah, me too. I'm so with you there. Like the Capricorn energy has really helped me to be dedicated and consistent and, and show up for the things that I know are worth it for me in, in all that I'm doing. But I feel like the Leo, as you said, it's just going to be more fun. There's going to be this infusion of playfulness, which I think everybody would benefit from. So that'll be, I think, one of the high points of the year, <laughs> the, the high energies. We also have Jupiter, who is really awesome to set your yearly intentions with. Jupiter is 
how we connect with our higher self aspirations. So what do we really want on the soul level? And essentially, what is the fastest track to get us there? So it's the intuition and flow state. It's not necessarily our rational, logical, linear thinking. That's Mercury, which sidebar, he's going to be retrograding in the three earth signs this year. So earth signs, watch out. Just kidding. You're just going to, you know, totally um, clean house essentially. But with Jupiter moving through Aries, there's going to be a lot more um, ideas and this inspirational energy. So Aries, another fire sign. Um, Jupiter will be in Aries through May 15th. And so that'll be a really nice um, first uh, four and a half, five months of the year to kind of like get hit the ground running, like open the gate and go. Aries is fast. So you can expect a lot of ideas to be coming through, which will probably feel really good if you've been experiencing any creative block. Um, the big idea here with Jupiter and Aries is to get your body moving and really um, hone in on your instincts and feel even deeper into like, how can I trust that my body knows what he or she is doing, what they're doing and not overthink it. Like just do things because I want to do things because it feels good. That's the MO of Aries. Mm. I love that. And I feel that a lot of people naturally have that start of the year, got to get going, you know, bull at a gate kind of thing. And we rush into it. And I always think of the diet culture at the start of the year. It's like, okay, we're starting the new diet. What's the diet that you're starting on the 1st of January? Are we all starting the same diet? Can we learn from each other on which diets are going to be best? And I think that that energy can be so much better you know, incorporate in other parts of our life rather than just food. And I love that you mentioned like hit the ground running. Like, you know, if you're inspired to do something, don't wait till July to implement your, you know, intentions, start it straight away. So if you're listening to this and this is January, start your intentions right now. Yes. And, and let it be based on what you really want to do. And if you don't know your whole life plan, or you don't even know what you want to do, next month, next week, tomorrow, it doesn't matter. What do you want to do right now in this moment? Because it's about present time consciousness, because that's where your instincts are. You can't really have instincts about the future. Like you just have instincts in this moment, and then you apply them to maybe strategize about the future. So present time consciousness, and that. that I think will, yeah, it'll just connect us to our inner child as well which Aries is also connected to. It's like the divine spark of creativity that just doesn't question it. You know, like think of a child, they, they're going to do what they want to do. I mean, if you're give, if you give them free reign, they'll probably tear your house apart, but you know, they, they're not usually so creatively blocked and like inhibited. They're just like, I want to create this whole bedroom to be a fairy castle. And I want to use all the cardboard and all this sand. And I'm like, wait, that's, that's a carpet. Please don't do that. You know, <laughs> but there's, there's not this like inhibition, like, oh my gosh, is this going to like serve my life purpose? It's like, don't even think about it like that, you know, just do what feels good and right. So hopefully uh, that's, that's supportive for somebody out there. I know that is definitely, I need to remind myself of that a lot. Do what then, feels good and right. Yes. Like that. Yeah. I've just, I've just typed that out. That's a good one. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then, so when Jupiter then moves into Taurus, May 15th, and that will be for the whole remainder of the year, the gears are going to shift again a little bit into, okay, how can I actually ground these ideas into habits, into cultivating um, resilience and endurance? So first we want to know, well, what is it that we want? So then we can 
create these habits that support our desires. So it'll actually be a really nice flow in that way. And that actually leads into the nodal shift, which is going to be July 17th. So uh, right now through to July 17th, we have the North Node in Taurus, which similar with that Jupiter in Taurus energy, it's all about cultivating healthier habits and essentially creating a life that's in alignment with your values, which is Taurus. And we've been purging and shedding and detoxing so much with the South Node in Scorpio. And so then when everything shifts in July, and then it'll be um, North Node Aries, South Node Libra for the following 18 months, so following year and a half, um, again, we're coming into that focus on Aries. So you can kind of uh, recall what I was just mentioning, those themes of, well, who am I? What is my self-image? What are my needs? What are my wants? And then how do I balance that with the values of other people? And usually when we're working with the Aries Libra polarity, there's a lot of back and forth and, and understanding self through others and and maybe through extremes. So we'll be playing a lot with that. Um, What I find really interesting about the whole year is that there's a big uh, Mars, Venus, and therefore divine masculine and divine feminine um, interplay going on because both Mars, uh, Mars rules both um, Aries, So that's going to be the North node and then also Scorpio. And that's the South node for the first half of the year. And then if we switch it, Venus rules Taurus. So current North node, but then also Libra, the upcoming South node. So it's almost like the planetary rulers are going to be switching sides. Mm. So I'm I'm really curious about what that's going to feel like. um, Because the last time this would have happened would have been uh, 18 years ago or 19 years ago that we had this exact particular nodal shift. And um, that was right around the beginning of the time that I was studying astrology. So I definitely wasn't as advanced as this. So I wasn't even paying attention to this. So, (laughs) but I, but now that I think about it, damn, I had some weird relationship stuff going on. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, what was I doing 18 years ago? I'm like, God, that's, you know, this year, 2023, it's 20 years since I graduated from high school. And, you know, 18 years, that's a couple of years out of high school. I'm like, what was I doing at that time? And that was very masculinely led time in my life. Oh, does that mean like a feminine without masculine ruling me when we look at the difference between the, the North and the South nodes? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's set, it's going to be a beautiful time to explore all of the questions around our inner masculine and maybe how that expresses externally, um, maybe in relationships, but also in terms of how we go after what we want in comparison to what we attract through our resonance, which is a lot more Venus and, and the feminine. And so our magnetism, it's kind of like electricity compared to magnetism. And we mm. know that we can do a lot when we put them together. And that's really that's really the goal. And so what's the balance there? I'm really... I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. And something that has popped into my mind is that this year, 2023, in Chinese, do they call it Chinese astrology? I'm not sure, but it's the year of the rabbit, whereas last year, 2022, was the year of the tiger. And the energy of the tiger and the rabbit, in my mind, is very much like masculine versus the feminine. And um, I've been exploring that a lot myself anyway, because I'm like a tiger, tiger, tiger. Like I'm a triple tiger in, <laughs> which is maybe I have a great, great explanation of why I am the way I am. But, you know, in Chinese astrology or the way that they look at the signs, I'm a, like, I'm a triple tiger 
And I'm looking at, look, oh, we're coming into like a really great feminine year. Like you said, yes, it's going to be a life of value and hit the ground running, but who am I? And how can I, you know, return to myself? And what will that look like where, where with where I am in the world? You know, now that, you know, we're coming back into a world that is traveling again and is in that creation phase after being dormant through the pandemic. And we're well beyond the pandemic now, which is great. So lots of really good reflection. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that will be, I think, really supportive to reflect on for ourselves. You mentioned it, like who we are becoming and what we are contributing to to the world that we're creating. And all of that is also tied into Pluto's brief move into Aquarius. Aquarius is our communities, the future that we're creating, also rules over technological advances and changes and like sisterhoods, tribes, brotherhoods, all the little kulas, like who are our peers and what are we creating with them? So Pluto in Aquarius from March 23rd through June 11th, definitely mark that time period in your calendar. So March 23rd through June 11th, because we're going to experience something that none of us have ever experienced before. Pluto takes on average about 248 years to go through all all signs. Yeah. So I don't know if any of you have been alive that long. I haven't. This will be my first time. (laughs) That's a long time. Wow. And I guess that's because you know, how far away the planet is, but (laughs) wow. Wow. And so between that 23rd to the, um, March the 23rd to June the 11th, is that when it's in Aquarius or is that when it's moving out of or into Aquarius? Yeah. So he'll, Pluto will enter, uh, Aquarius from Capricorn where he is right now, uh, March 23rd, and then he'll stay there. He's going to actually station retrograde and that's why he's moving back out. And that'll be uh, June 11th when he finally re-enters uh, Capricorn there to stay for the rest of 2023. But then in 2024, Pluto will re-enter Aquarius officially and stay there for the next decade and a half, give wow. or take. So it'll be almost like this little taste of yeah. what we'll be it's like dating someone for a little bit and being like, nah, you're not really for me. And then meeting them again, like a number of months later, I mean, actually, you know, we can totally make this relationship work. <laughs> yep. And wow. it's coming. It's yeah. coming whether we want it to or not. Right. right? Future, whatever this future is. And then however you look at the future, but it does bring up what is the collective healing through and what is the collective relationship like with this energy? So I also foresee some potentially, I mean, this is my hope, some communal um, like reparations and and healing, almost like maybe bringing some people back together that have been really divided by uh, different, you know, opinions and factions. And um, some people also interpret this as like being the exact opposite of what I'm suggesting, like things like civil war, but you know, it's like, you know, civil war might be happening in one zone, but then like peace and restoration can be happening over here. I, Mm. I think it'll ultimately depend on where you are and what the conditions are in in your community. But it is a deep um, invitation to connect with, like, what is the soul of this time? Like, what is actually moving through humanity? What are we all collectively evolving through? And I think we're just being invited to imagine and reimagine a brighter future 
I'm I'm just reflecting on everything you've said, and I'm I'm looking at you know Aries, you know from June like January to May this year, and how, like honing into your instincts and really connecting with that deep inner intuition and that moment to moment intuition, and then coming together from March to June and like cultivating that as a collective, and I'm like oh so we can like get started right now on your own shit, and then that will conspire in some way, shape, or form community and what you said like collectively healing and whether you said like you mentioned sisterhood or brotherhood bringing all of that together my mind is boggled right now and I'm just thinking of all of these things <laughs> I'm interrupting this episode with an important question have you ever wanted to see your own menstrual blood and better understand your own menstruation getting to know your menstrual blood the color texture scent consistency can tell you a lot about your reproductive hormonal and overall cycle health for this reason, the Yoni Pleasure Palace sees that it's an essential to see your own blood when it sheds from your uterus. So they created the See My Blood Organic Reusable Pads. With this concept in mind, Yoni Pleasure Palace designed Australia's first organic reusable pads with white cream colored material. So you can actually visually see the color of your blood, whether you're spotting, menstruating, leaking, post-birth, miscarrying or termination. These pads can help you reconnect with your menstrual blood and better understand it. They offer you the option to buy them individually or as a pack. You can get the starter kit, which has two small pads and two medium pads, a moon kit, which has three medium sized pads, or the flow kit, which has two small, three medium, and one extra large. Whatever you need in terms of size for your menstrual pads, the Yoni Pleasure Palace has it. Not to mention, if you've got a goal in 2023 to be more reusable and healthier for the planet, this is where it starts. They also offer a wide range of menstrual cups and discs to support your menstruation too. Head over to the yonipleasurepalace.com and use the code GEMMA10 for 10% off. Well, this is how I always view the astrological drama, this beautiful sky dance. It's like everything serves everything else. It's all interconnected. And so it's like we break down these transits into like bite-sized chunks so that we can connect with them, but it's all happening, all of it together. And so it's this constant like zooming out and seeing the whole scene and then zooming back in to this present moment. And it's like, which of these planets am I feeling is really lighting up my chart? Where am I feeling activated or being drawn to connect more with? And then we just kind of bounce around throughout the year. So another mm. big one is going to be Saturn entering Pisces. That's going to be March 7th. And then he's going to just stay in Pisces for the next three years. And Saturn is another really great planet to do your intentions and your strategies for what you want to build on, particularly um, regarding projects, because Saturn rules projects. So in Pisces, you want your projects to be very spiritually fulfilling, because Pisces is, is our connection with spirit. Also, there might be this sort of unification or integration or amalgamation of maybe you had like three different projects and you were trying to decide like, which one do I do? Well, maybe what happens with Saturn and Pisces is like they become one project. Like mm. it, it comes together. Like you find how that can be the integration point. Oh, I'm like, oh, work's going to hit a shifting moment in March. You said March 7th, right? Yep. Yeah. Cool. For three years. Okay. So like I think of like if you're creating something and that's like a business baby, how is that going to transform and carry part of your business or in your business for the next three years? 
Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to be able to use that just in your daily personal practice, um, incorporating more meditation, also more quiet time because Pisces is very sensitive and dreamy and actually benefits from this time of doing nothing, right? Where you're just like drifting off into space and like kind of in that second attention place where like that's where the downloads start to come in. That's where the creative um, flow starts to unfold. And there's also a lot of surrender, deep surrender to the process. This is essentially where the ego gets dissolved. So this will be, I think, easier for people who are already like, yeah, sign me up for ego death. Like I'm here for it. And it'll be a little bit harder for those of us who are like, okay, I think I'm okay with ego death, but actually my ego is pretty strong and I'm trying to like (laughs) circumvent it and like pretend I'm doing it. But you know, I'm like avoiding the work, right? I think you all know what I mean. Know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be really um, overall positive for our communities because Pisces does remind us that, you know, in the end, all of us return to source. In the end, every water returns to the ocean. So it's like, it doesn't really matter all of the dramas and the stories and the dichotomies and dualities, like everything that we create in our lives in the end, what is, what really matters? And, and that's a really big, um, you know, esoteric question, but I have a feeling we'll be asking ourselves a lot of those kinds of questions. Mm, and you're, you're spot on, like everything is a cycle of birth, life, death. And I think us as, you know, menstruators, we have the unique ability to see that birth, life, death, regrowth process every cycle. Um, so maybe that's why, you know, female astrologists are fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is, it's all about, um, understanding where we are in the cycle and appreciating it and not seeing it as better or worse than any other part of the cycle. All of it is important. And that, that is the thing with Pisces and at least with in the Northern hemisphere, Pisces being, you know, the solar season of Pisces is the final month of winter right before the rebirth. So it's almost, it's interesting because we've got the Saturn in Pisces wanting us to do this deep surrender Shavasana of our life, but like, you know, Love that terminology. yeah, like making things more simple. Also, that's another key word, like simplification with Pisces. Um, and then we have concurrently, um, like the Jupiter in Aries, that's like, no, but I actually want to get going. So there might be a little bit of, you know, some days you're going to feel more in line with what Saturn's doing. And some days you'll feel more in line with what Jupiter's doing. And that's totally normal. And it also depends on your natal chart and your natural proclivities. Um, so the mutable signs, so Virgo, Pisces, Gemini, Sagittarius, they're going to have a lot of fun with that Saturn in Pisces. And it's a big time really for reviewing all of your beliefs, all of your opinions, um, all of your perspectives about the world and, and what life is. So my advice to everybody is at the beginning of the year, really sit with yourself and and ask, like, what is what is the intention for this year? Like what what is my what is my higher self dropping down for me this year? And maybe um, kind of taking it from a more zoomed out lens so that it's maybe not particularly around like, oh, I'm going to achieve this thing in the outer world, but it's more about who you're being, who, who you're becoming this year. And that'll give you a lot of spaciousness to let it flow. 
and to not be too attached to just the the massive changes that are coming. I love that because I think we can get so overwhelmed with all the things we need to do when it's the start of the year and the bigger the list, the better. But yeah, really, what is your highest self really calling for? And, you know, you can always ask the question when you get a drop in, like, is this aligned with my higher self? You know, and is this, is this, you know, something that my higher self is calling for? If you feel like you're not in alignment, you can ask those questions and wait for the response. But yeah, really simplifying, I think is fantastic and making sure that you're not overwhelming yourself and just taking little steps by what really is in alignment. Yeah, absolutely. And and so the last thing that I had on my list to share was, and I kind of mentioned it already, was that all of the Mercury retrogrades are going to be in Earth signs this year. And we actually start the year with Mercury retrograde in Capricorn. So like the beginning of the years are, we're already in deep reflection mode of like, what is life? What am I creating? What am I building? What's working? What's not working? And um, remember that we also simultaneously for the first half of the year are still in that Venus metagoddess in Capricorn. So Mercury retrograde in Capricorn, we start the year in Capricorn season, Venus Capricorn metagoddess, who we really got to get a handle on our systems. Are they are they serving our higher self values? That I think would be the ultimate question. Um, where can we delegate? Where can we release? And the thing about Mercury retrogrades is that there's an invitation to just look at everything differently, maybe um, take less information in. And in the earth signs, this is very much more about getting into your body. So it's almost like not requiring like mental air information to be how you make decisions, but a lot more of like honing in on that body wisdom. Like, is this a body? Yes. Or a body? No for me. And then other ways of like, what will actually help me to feel stronger? What will fortify me and um, making choices from that space. So that's, I would say the overall um, advice for all three of the, actually there's going to be four Mercury retrogrades this year. So Capricorn at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year, actually. (laughs) Wow. And that's a great way to start and finish a year off, I think, you know, in that real go-getter attitude, but then also looking at, okay, well, is this really in alignment with me or not? And doing a stock take on that. And I feel that, you know, we do really live in that patriarchal world where we want more, be more, have more, do more. And we're like, the world encourages that. But what if we just really sat with ourselves and just listened to what is it that we're really being called to do as opposed to rushing into something because someone else is doing it. And that's how I think I need to do it too. And then that comes into the ego, which is like the ego fight of like, am I being egotistic? Am I not being egotistic? How do I like let my ego just take a back seat for a little bit? Um, Yeah. So beautiful. And I think when we think of um, actually, could you explain what an earth sign means and how can that like be represented for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Earth signs, all three of them, Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn, they are feminine signs. So it's yin energy, um, really finding the information or the source from within. It's like down and in the energy. And so all of them will be, I think, helping us to connect a lot more with our feminine wisdom. And so you can use that as... um, how you can strategize is, you know, with Capricorn, it's like connect with your wise elders, the, the wise women in your, in your community. Um, with Taurus, it's the wisdom of the earth, 
herself and how to actually be a good steward and a caretaker and like a gardener. And then with Virgo, it's like, well, how am I improving this? How am I maybe manipulating this? How am I harvesting this? And then maybe I, I, I always use the example of like herbalism and like, what am I doing with the, with the harvest? So I'm maybe storing it so that I can use it for later or making a tincture, things like that. Like I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking the substance and I'm, and I'm transforming it and I'm using it for something for my health. So there's this deep um, awareness of all of the resources and the gifts that the earth has. And I think if we put our thought focus there, especially um, for these longer times that Mercury will be traveling through these earth signs, we'll see some very physical, tangible shifts in our lives because well, what we focus on, we, we manifest. So if you're wanting to see, you know, more prosperity or more abundance in your life, or you're wanting to call in these tangible, you know, like I can taste, touch and smell this change in my life. That's you actually want to be leaning even deeper into earth medicine, which comes from these earth signs. I love that overview. Thank you. And I think too, because, you know, mother earth is the feminine, you know, like um, mother earth, father sky, everything is earth bounding and grounding. And I've had this thought for like a lot of the end of 2022 that I really feel in 2022, there were a lot of cyclical shifts for the menstrual cycle just out there in the world. There was the first ever period poverty conference and like menstrual leave has now been you know, brought into place in Spain and menstrual products are now free in Scotland for everybody. And I think there's this big shift going on for the feminine. And I really feel that 2023 is going to be the year that people are starting to wake up to their cycles, whether you have or you haven't already, the next level of that will awaken. And so when you were talking about information and source from within, I really feel that information and source can come from menstruation and that depth of menstruation. And like you said, connecting with feminine wisdom and the wise elders and really bringing all of that. And I'm like, oh yeah, this, the planets are aligning for the the year of cyclical awareness awakening. So if you're listening to this and you haven't started tracking your cycle or connect, now's the time to start the beginning of January. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Wow. What a celebration. I'm, I'm totally here for it. All of this, um, greater embodiment and really having more reverence for the the feminine mysteries and our menstrual cycles. It's empowerment. I, I think that's all it is. It's, it's greater empowerment, uh, greater sovereignty, freedom for all. So I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Here, yeah. And I think too, the more we connect with our cycle, it helps us connect with the other cycles. So you mentioned, you know, like the cycle of Shavasana and deep rest and, you know, quietness, but then you've also got the cycle of get going, like get out there and freaking do it. And the more we allow ourselves to have all of these energies, as opposed to just being that patriarchal, do it all the time and don't stop and barely rest, we start to become all things and all things, you know, brings us into that natural ability of ebbing and flowing. And I think when you do that with your cycle and you just practice on it every day, you're more able to do that astrologically because you're like, oh, okay. So I'm really aligned for rest now, even though it's summer outside and I feel like I want to be at the beach, but maybe I just be at the beach and sleep at the beach, you know, like, so you're starting to bring in the awareness of all things and I've loved you sharing all of the insights for 2023. So thank you so much. Wow, you're so welcome. It's my honor. Mm, So juicy. And final question to wrap us up. As a, 
<laughs> as a get started for 2023 in astrology, what are, would you say are the top three tips to getting connected with astrology? If someone has listened to this and been like, oh my God, I wish I knew more about this, but I have no idea where to start. How could they get connected and bring it into their own daily life? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely an advocate for getting your chart read. Of course, that can always kind of reduce all of the chaos and overwhelm that happens when you see your chart for the first time. But even more simply than that, I think it's just being aware of the cycles that you can see out in the sky, watching the moon and noticing, like, what are you feeling? Even the most basic cycle that we tend to overlook, like it's night or it's day, (laughs) all of these simple things. It's, I think to be an astrologer or to be a student of astrology, it is just to be in this constant state of witnessing the miracle and observing and correlating. So no matter where you are in your astro awareness, it's great. But if you want to go into the more technical things, you know, just getting your chart and maybe um, choosing, um, you know, to look at your sun, look at your moon, look at your rising sign. And then after you feel really confident with those parts of your chart, then maybe dive deeper into Venus. She's your emergent divine feminine or Mars, your masculine, Jupiter, your higher self, Saturn, your mastery, right? And, and it goes on like that. So I'm I'm very much a fan of kind of mastering one part of the chart and then going on just almost like with everything. That's how I am with yoga. It's like do one pose or like get one flow good. And like, same with herbs. It's like connect with one herb, go and find it outside and like do everything you can with that one herb and embody it, integrate it. And that I think will also just be a good um, strategy for, especially with the Saturn and Pisces. It's like, we need time to integrate these things. Like it's not just like sitting there and like taking in all this information and like, boom, I know it now. It's like, I've I've been doing astrology for 20 years and it's, it's in there now and I'm still learning. So it's like every day, everything beginner's mind and and really just looking at um, how, how is this, how is this benefiting me? How is this helping me to be more here right now? Mm, I love that. Such great tips. Thank you. And I think it's so easy with astrology to be so overwhelmed because there's so many multiple, and I'll say that again, multiple layers to, <laughs> to astrology, but like just focus on one thing and then get that down pat and then move, like you said, the yoga pose and then move to the next yoga pose. So just start like they're great things. And if you've never had your chart read, highly recommend it. Neuro does amazing chart readings. I've had, I've had reading with, with Neuro myself and absolutely loved it. Um, so yeah, start there. I love it. And in the show notes, we will connect all of your info so people can find you. But where do you hang out the most and how could people connect with you online? Yeah, my website, norarichelle.com is a great place. If you want to connect with me, like contact me. Um, I'm on Instagram at norarichelle. I do have a TikTok at norarichelle, but I don't really hang out on there. I pretty much just post something and don't. I don't even know what happens to it after. Um <laughs> And I'm on Facebook very rarely. You, know, <laughs> you sound <just> like me. <laughs> yeah, it's like my family's on Facebook, so I'm on Facebook. Um, and I post things there. And YouTube, I should have started there. I post uh, weekly um, theme videos every week. And if you sign up for my mailing list, you can receive those in your inbox um, once a week. And that's probably the best way to stay informed with everything that I've got going on. Mm, 
and I love getting your weekly emails. I'm like, oh, what's happening in the world this week? It's actually a really good overview. So I will pop links for all of that into the show notes so you can head over to the website, wilson.com forward slash podcast and check it out. Nura, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing all of your 2023 insights with us. And um, I'm so blessed to have you for the first episode for the year. So thank you. Thank you so much, Gemma. I hope you all create a beautiful 2023 and beyond. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into every episode of the Well Woman podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. If this episode excited you, please hit follow on Spotify, which means all of my episodes will pop up in your feed weekly so you never miss a weekly drop. I'd love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. Love this episode? Come and follow me over on Instagram at wellsome underscore Gemily. Say hi and share what you've taken away from this episode with me. Now, is there a bestie, sister, or a friend who you know who might be fed up, frustrated, and confused with their cycles? Are they ready to join you in awakening their cyclical essence too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your socials, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to them. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our cycles. Now, until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.